What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 274, an emergency podcast. It's a Friday evening. You already know why while we're recording on this fine Friday evening, and I am joined by Scott Coleman. Hello, sir. Brad, we finally get to do one of these emergency pods. It was we had a couple of them early in the in the off season, but we finally got one and, and a nice Friday night as if you could get a quiet evening to yourself. <laughs> nope. We get to do a, an emergency pod at nine o'clock on a Friday night. So here we are. Listen, uh, it was a night off. I was going to go to bed early. I still maybe maybe I still can at some point, but this is actually good timing. I will say that. No, no complaints. Uh, it was not a midnight break. It was not a 7 a.m. break of this news. A sweet spot. We're both awake. We're both feeling it. And Marcelo Zuna is back with the Braves. We were about to record anyway, and then the Braves announced it via a pretty cool video to kind of confirm everything that's happening. And then they then they saw the press release after that. So no nuance here. No Bob Nightingale stuff going on this time around. Uh, this is this is official news, Scott. We know Bob. this is happening. Um, and by the way, shots to Bob Nightingale. We'll come back to him later on in the podcast. But um, first reported, by the way, by Hector Gomez uh, that. Ozuna and the Braves were close, then John Morosi, then the floodgates opened. We now know it is a four-year deal for $64 million with a club option for a fifth season for Ozuna. It has a $1 million buyout, so he is guaranteed $65 million. So a little bit of a lower annual value that I expected. We'll talk about that in a second. And also an interesting pay structure for Ozuna here, $12 million in year one which kind of aligns interestingly with the pandemic and also the fact that the DH at this moment does not exist. And then $16 million for 22, $18 million for the final two seasons, and a $16 million club option. So all those details out of the way. Four years is a lot, but annual value-wise, kind of uh, cheaper than I thought. Is that what you yeah. uh, thought when this kind of when the details kind of started coming out? I think anytime you want to add a premier free agent, you usually have to concede somewhere. And if it's that fourth year where they guaranteed, and that's a team option for year five. So who knows where Marcelo Zuna and the Braves will be in 2026. But yeah, I mean, to get him for an average of $16 million, especially in today's era where, uh, you know, wins, if you will, if you go by war, usually track at eight or $9 million for a win, you would sure think he's going to be better than that based on uh, all the great things he did and his history of just hitting the snot out of baseball. So um, I, I was happy to see it was $16 million on average over the next four years is really, really strong. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that this got done. I mean, I think this was something the Braves really needed to get done. You and I talked about it on our most recent podcast over the weekend that he was not the only option. But as we saw guys like Jock Peterson, and Eddie Rosario go elsewhere, and it doesn't seem likely that Chris Bryan is going to get traded, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Ozuna was the obvious big fish for the Braves. He fits their needs. He fits what they're looking for. He is a huge addition to the middle of the order. And I'm glad they finally got it done. And, and I know uh, from a couple of people I had talked with, it seems like the Braves were were holding steady at three years up until now. And I would imagine it's it's not a coincidence that he went for four and got the deal done. So I'm, I'm glad they did not let this get away from them. And uh, it's a really a nice cap on, a, on the offseason. Yeah, I think we discussed this just a few days ago, you and I on this podcast, and Ozuna, you know, this is the biggest deal, the longest deal and money-wise that the Braves have given out under Anthopolis. So this is, you know, far and away their biggest investment. There is some risk with anyone on a four-year deal. Um, the club option actually adds to the value. I know it's, it kind of sounds weird, but for the, from the team side, having the club option is a no-stress situation. You either pick it up and it helps you, or you decline it if you don't want them anymore. So that's actually a value added 
to the team, even if it adds more money to the overall package that you could actually talk about, that's a good thing for the Braves to have with a tiny buyout of $1 million, so that, that's a positive. And then the annual value stuff is interesting, uh, him being cheap in year one. I'm sure it's not a coincidence that he will be not be able to he will not be able to DH probably this season. And uh, by the way, Marcel, here's a little bit less money to not be able to DH for this season. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that was the entire reason, but it's kind of funny that line up that way. And yeah, it's a, it's a big deal for the Braves. It's like like we both just said, they didn't have to do Ozuna. It was not Ozuna or bust. But by the end of this process, it felt closer to Ozuna or bust. It wasn't always there, but this offense had to have another middle of the order bat that was um, sort of undeniable. We'll talk about it even more in depth in a second, but the uptick in the offense from no Ozuna to Ozuna is uh, marked. Even if he's not the same guy he was last year, he is a proven slugger, a 30 home run guy plus sometimes, and uh, a good hitter by any description, obviously. So it's a huge addition. Everyone knows that the investment is reasonable. You know, my, my top line thought on the deal itself is that this is a perfectly appropriate value. I think... If he's the guy who was last year, you're getting you're getting a bargain. You can't assume that necessarily, but even if he's more modest and he's like a three win player instead of a on pace for a six seven win player like he was last year, sure. that's still a success. I mean, it's a modest price to pay. Yes, eighteen million dollars three years from now might seem like a lot, but if he retains his value and is able to DH and DHs are able to, uh, I would say, often age pretty gracefully. I think it's a pretty good value too. Like four years is maybe longer than than they wanted, but between the club option and the modest annual value, I think it's totally fine. Like we were never going to criticize the value unless it was like a hundred million dollars. But at one point I recall us talking, I'm not sure if it was you and I or me and Eric or somebody else, but I would have been okay with like 490 if they had the DH mm-hmm. and yeah. they, if they get away with 464, like, yeah, this year there might be some pain defensively that we'll, that we'll talk about in a second, but I think the value is really good too, and they were able to squeeze him in a way that um, benefits the team quite obviously. Well, and and him and George Springer are not perfect comparisons by any means for a couple reasons, but you know George Springer just got six years and a hundred and fifty million. I mean that is significant money. I mean that, that's two and a half mil- times as much almost. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In twenty five, and and Springer is older. It doesn't feel like it. I know we've joked that it feels like Ozuna is a lot older than thirty because he's been around. For so long, but yeah, it's it's a really strong value on an average basis, and who knows what's going to happen with the DH moving forward. And I will say too, I, I know that uh, Dave O'Brien reported that Ozuna was a tremendous fit in the clubhouse, and I think that's something the Braves <laughs> have really embraced. And you laugh because of the uh, nonsense that a uh, the arm a sleeve corner of the fan base has pointed at over the you know last however many months he's been with the Braves, but. Um, no, I, I, again, I think this was something they had to get done and you never want to be reactionary to your peers. But if, if the Braves are serious about winning and trying to win a world series, even if the Dodgers and the Padres and even the Mets look really, really strong, you have to add a premier player like this and to get him for four years, he just turned 30. So you're getting his 30, 31, 32 and 33 years. That is not an old man by any means. And who knows, maybe in, in five years time. Uh, that that option will be an easy pickup. We we just don't know. Um, but ultimately, because it's an average of 16 million a year, it's hard to see him just completely falling off a cliff, given his batted ball rates and his profile, as you mentioned. So I think it's a great deal, and and uh, it, it paid to be patient. And I know I'm I'm as guilty as anyone of being frustrated with the pace of this off season. Right? They rush out to get Morton and Smiley, and then wait two and a half months and do literally nothing. Um, but in this case, I think they were well served to kind of wait out the market a little bit and, and at the end push their offer up and get it done. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was a long off season. Uh, it's still, you know, it's almost over at this point, so it's kind of weird timing and all of that. But I think the Braves played this well at the end of the day. Um, they were they were probably walking a tightrope. There was plenty of reporting this week that Azuna had some other suitors, and if they had not gotten him, I would love to know what Plan B was. I would be very interested in that as a sicko that I am. I would love to know what the Braves were going to do if they did not get Ozuna back because the the, the clock was running out. But one of the benefits here is that we'll never know that probably. And also uh, they got him. So the offense is better. The Braves are able to now with a straight face say that they are the favorite in the NL East again. Um, I'm not sure they were ever not the favorite definitively, but with the way that other teams are sort of bulking up, it was a lot closer before today, let's just say. Um, So Ozuna really helps them. We know that. Uh, I guess we can pivot now, unless you have more to say, broadly speaking, about what he might be for the Braves. We, we discussed Ozuna mm-hmm. all offseason, but now we can kind of get back into the nitty-gritty <laughs> a little bit here. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Ozuna was incredible this last season. Uh, he just turned 30, as you referenced earlier, in November. So he'll be 30 all season long. So he's a young 30 at this moment, which is kind of funny, like you said. He seems older than that, but he's not. Um, I'll read the numbers to everybody just as, as a refresher here on Ozuna from this last season. Shortened sample size, given the uh, weird abbreviated season, but a slash line of 338, 431, 636, so an OPS of north of 1050, um, with a 179 WRC+, which was uh, elite, uh, top five in the National League level. And honestly, I know you tweeted about this once this week or maybe last week, his his batted ball profile backed it up. There was no fluke here. Like He hit the absolute cover off the ball. In Atlanta, so that actually helps you. There was not like uh, he, he wasn't benefiting from a ton of luck, and also he walked at a career high rate of fourteen point two percent, which is uh, sort of a linear improvement. It wasn't like it wasn't like a one year blip. The previous year he was up to about eleven and a half percent. So he's grown as a hitter, and if you combine yeah. play discipline and with the way that he was mashing, no one's going to project him to do this again because this is like you know absolute uber elite. But even if he cools off a little bit. He's still one of the better hitters in the National League, you would imagine, as a projection. Um, so just goes without saying, but he can really hit the ball. Well, and you know, his batted ball profile, the reason I think he was so attractive to the Braves last year, and it, outside of just the one-year deal, the, the build-up is value. And hey, he bet on himself on a one-year deal, and it paid off big time. Because reportedly a year ago, the best offer Marcel had was three years and $45 million. And not that you're going to struggle to live off of $45 million, but I'd much rather settle for $18 million on a one-year pact and then do, at minimum, $65 million over four. Um, but if you look at uh, Baseball Savant, which is a great, great tool for baseball fans, and look up Marcel's batted ball profile, he has been like in the 99th percentile for almost every stat you want as far as batted ball rate, hard hit rate, barrel rate, um, expected uh, WOBA stuff like that um, for four or five years now. And ever since he had that breakout year with the Marlins, that has been a consistent trend for him. Um, he is a very complete hitter at the plate. And I know there are some defensive uh, deficiencies there and, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but <laughs> yep. I think the bat is so, so good. And because, I mean, if he was a shortstop, I think it's more prominent just because you know how quickly a bad shortstop can completely wreck a game. Like he's playing left field you can hide that a little bit. I'm sure there's going to be a point over the next year, Brad, where you and I are talking, assuming there's no DH, where we talk about a, a miscue from Ozuna in left field, and it's probably going to cost the Braves a game or two or three along the way. But with that that minimal downside or, or risk or whatever you want to call it, his bat is going to cover it up tenfold, and, and I think it's something they just had to get done. 
Yeah, the defense is certainly going to be a factor here, and we'll talk about it in a second. Um, Projection-wise, just to sort of set the stage a little bit here, um, Zips, Steamer, all those places, they're all projecting like in the mid-120s in WRC+, which is obviously quite a bit worse than last year, but also better than his career baseline before that, so it's sort of a mixture. Um, if he were to do that, he'd probably be somewhere like a three-and-a-half, four-win player, even with the defense. Like That projection is basically you know, four and a half, five wins if you're just DHing. And then this year, of course, you have to assume for now that he has to play defense. Um, just for a second before we move into the into the defensive realm and some of the uh, some of the adjustments that I'm going to be doing in my head about projections, it is still possible, I would say unlikely, but possible that DH is in play in 2021. Um, we, I was, this podcast is probably going to be later in the weekend, maybe even Monday about the, uh, I would say primarily about the two sides negotiating on the CBA. We will not do all of that now, but as of this moment in time, there is no expanded postseason, and there is no and there's no universal DH, which I'm sure is not a coincidence that Ozuna moved quickly after that news kind of broke, and the Braves have to be planning on no DH this year. Between the between the news that's out there, between the structure of the contract, everything else, they got to know right now that the plan is Ozuna plays left field as a primary position this year. He's less valuable. Full stop. For 2021 only, because of he has to play because because of his defense. We all know this. They know it. Um, you know his arm, all that stuff. He is a less valuable player playing left than he would be at DH. Now, with that said, it could change because baseball is insane and they change things on the fly right now and all that stuff. And uh, I think we've talked about this a lot, but if we have new listeners, maybe they, maybe they don't know this. The widespread assumption is in the next CBA, the the universal DH will be back. So. You know, this contract structure, again, I think pretty much tells you the baseline expectation that the Braves are expecting a DH to be in place by 22. Um, maybe not this year, probably not this year, but if you go like through the whole process of the deal in a vacuum, this year, they're paying him less, he'll play defense, he'll be worth a little bit less as a result, and then beyond that, he'll be able to just hit till his heart's content uh, and not, not have to play defense. Um I don't know. It's just worth pointing out because I don't want to gloss over it entirely because we're still in this weird zone right now. But there's not like there was no there was no change in the deal uh, between the player association and baseball. So all all signs point to baseball happening on time and all of that stuff. But also the the old rules for now. Yeah, and I think uh, you know I guess if you're looking for a positive, it's it's that potentially the Braves would really benefit from a DH. I mean, all the National League teams could find a way to use the DH to their advantage. Um, it does beg the question if if all of a sudden baseball does its baseball thing and snaps their fingers and, and there is a DH and expanded playoffs in 2021. And, and who knows? Doesn't seem likely at this point, but it could happen. Um, you know, I, I think they probably need to come up with some kind of a backup plan because then you would absolutely, as you just said, you would absolutely want Ozuna to be your DH instead of having him out in the field 150 times next year. So We'll see what what comes after this. I think it's uh, interesting that they offered twelve. Or, yeah, he's only going to make twelve million in twenty twenty one. It it might reflect what they feel his value is if he has to play the field. It also, in theory, would give them a little bit more money to work with. I'm, I'm referring to the front office here, but uh, if if it does allow for the front office to go out and make another move or two because the money's pushed back a little bit, I think that's certainly appealing as well. Yeah, that's sort of the almost a secondary thing, but the fact that he is this cheap for year one 
in theory, allows the Braves to spend some more money. And we'll so, we're sort of save that for maybe later on, on the podcast, not today necessarily a whole lot of this, but the Braves do have more flexibility here. They, they did not spend all the money that they could have on, on Ozuna in year one here. So maybe, maybe a one-year deal on another hybrid player, like maybe Adam Duvall comes back. Some, some, it doesn't have to be Adam Duvall, but someone like that who can be like a starting caliber player to spell Ozuna a little bit, maybe somebody who can play a little bit of third base. Anyway, whatever you want to do. Um, they have some more flexibility now that they may, they may not have had coming in because of the lower uh, sticker price on Ozuna for now. Um, so we knew this, but just to say, put, put a number or two on it, the Braves were in deep trouble in left field before this. Uh, they had nothing. It was Ender Inciarte and like maybe Drew Waters or something like that. Like there was nothing there. Um, coming in, just to <laughs> tell you, uh, Fangraphs, as of this morning, was projecting the Braves to have the 13th best offense in Major League Baseball. So not a disaster, but like middle of the pack. Um, that, of course, does not include Ozuna. If you add Ozuna in, my rough math takes the Braves up to like the 6-8 to eight range offensively. So that's that's not a small jump for one player to add, to jump 5-6 teams in that projection. And left field alone, the Braves would, even with Ozuna's bad defense, the Braves would go from third worst in baseball in terms of projected left field to I believe my back of the uh, my back of the napkin math up to like I don't know third or fourth, <laughs> so from twenty eighth <laughs> yeah. from twenty eighth to third or fourth in left field on a projection, that just tells you how good he is and how much of a an impact he's going to make. And uh, I'll say this, Scott, this is a small thing. The Braves do play ten games on the road in the American League, so that is <laughs> ten games for him to DH. Yeah, just, you just can probably scanner. guess. Yeah, you can probably guess who'll be their DH for those for those ten games. You you would imagine, and unless like Freddie Freeman is like badly hurt and has to like play on one leg and they want to save him. Uh, sure. Ozuna has to be the, uh, has to be the uh, plan to DH those games. And that's a very small thing, obviously in a full season, but it's just worth pointing out. I don't know. You want to talk about his defense for a second? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, I think there are defensive deficiencies, but as we'll talk, there are some ways to kind of cover him up a little bit, which is encouraging. Yeah. So let's go back all the way. I'm sure we have some new listeners cause it's an emergency podcast. Let's go all the way back to prior to last season. The Braves famously signed Ozuna before they knew they were going to have a DH last year. So the plan was for him to play left field in 2020. Um, two things happened. One of one of them was that they came to spring training and the Braves, along with the media and everyone, kind of thought, okay, this is worse than we thought. Um, he can't throw the ball anymore by all accounts. There's his shoulder is not allowing him to do that at the same level. There were one Pierre comparisons that I read and heard at times because one Pierre mm. famously could not throw the ball. So yeah. uh, I was someone who was higher on his defense going back because his numbers were actually better than you might think prior to last season, but something has changed there. The arm especially is not what it, not what you would want. And he can't, he's not, he's not a great athlete. He's not, he's not an absolute like bottom, bottom tier athlete, but he's not a great athlete either. So He's going to be bad out there. That's that's number one. Number two, um, you know, they had the famous change last year at the Universal DH. That kind of covered it up. He was able to mash all that. So he also hasn't played a lot of defense in the last year. Um, not that anybody played a lot of baseball last year in comparison to normal, but he went from being quite bad in spring training to essentially not playing any left field for a calendar year. It probably isn't going to get better, I would <laughs> I would imagine. That's just my, just, just my read. Uh, yeah, we said this before on the show and I'll go back to you after I say this out loud. Uh, the best possible way to hide Ozuna 
would be an outfield that also has Christian Pache and Ronald Acuna in it. Mm-hmm. So that, yep. that that's not a small thing. He's going to be bad, but at least the Braves have two guys, and especially Pache, who could probably stick in left center and have him just kind of yeah. Kelly leak this thing a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you basically tell uh, Christian and Marcel, like, if the ball gets hit to left center field, Marcel can just, like, take a seat and, <laughs> and let Christian go get the ball. Just lay down on Marcel. Play the corner, like, st- stand by the line, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe back up the play in case it gets over his head or something. But, yes, I mean, I think we joke, but – Pache is, by all accounts, the day he steps on as an everyday regular center fielder in the major leagues, is a top three, top five. I mean, maybe the best defensive center fielder in the game. I mean, I know there's a lot of really good defensive center fielders, and there'll be a little bit of a learning curve for him, but he is an elite defensive prospect. Um, So he is well-suited to play next to Ozuna, which, as we saw, you know, his range is not very good. Um, I, the arm is completely gone after his shoulder surgery a couple years ago. Um, but because you do have Pache in, in center field and then Acuna who can certainly cover right center field pretty well, I would sure think the Braves would utilize Pache and have him play a couple of steps. I guess that would be to his right to help Marcel in left field. Um, you, you can't, again, it's not ideal. And I can guarantee you at some point, Marcel's defense is going to come up and it's going to be. You know, I think in last year in Tampa Bay, there was an ugly game where he had two misplays that just kind of completely derailed the game. That will probably happen at some point. But again, because of the bat is just so, so good, it's kind of a trade-off you have to make. And you hope that as he gets more accustomed to playing in the outfield every day, it's it's not a severe situation. Yeah, people have almost forgot this, but he actually did play a reasonable amount of left field last year. He played 19 games in left. Did you know that? It sounds right. Yeah, I, I knew he played I, I, out of sixty. On. Like I, I, yeah. I knew he played some. That was more than I remembered. Not a ton more, but he played nineteen games in left field and two games in right field, which that oh happened. Um, <laughs> so he played about Probably a third of yeah, yeah. He played about a third of the season in the outfield last year, which I think is higher than people might have remembered. Again, it was not good. He was a significant negative in all the advanced numbers. Um, the eye test backs that up. Um, I was wrong about his defense prior to last year. Uh, it is bad. But, you know, the situation could be worse. And left field, if you were picking one spot on the diamond other than maybe first base to put a bad fielder, it's going to be left field. So we'll see what they do, how they handle that. Um, but again, they're, they're making this signing again now. This is the second year in a row. They are signing Marcel Ozuna in full knowledge that he's going to be playing left field. So they're okay yeah. enough with it. I'm sure at there's least a trade for off, one year, but yeah, at yeah. least for a year. And we'll yes. see, I think assuming, I mean, everyone thinks the DH is going to happen in 2022, but who knows, right? Baseball, that, that is labor. definitely the assertion of everyone yeah. who has made, who, everyone who weighs it up, weighs it on this from national reporters to local reporters to teams. Everyone thinks it's going to happen. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, the players want it because it's, it's 15 more jobs for them, right? It's 15 paying starting jobs. Even if DHs don't make a ton of money, um, I would imagine that, you know, pitchers are certainly in favor of it. I, you could probably count on two hands the number of pitchers who actively enjoy hitting. Um, so, you know, yeah, again, I think I think it just depends on where that goes. But almost everyone imagines the DH will be here. And then, of course, he fits in nicely. And and it does also buy uh, Drew Waters. You mentioned him a little earlier. It does buy Drew Waters another year. Yep. If, assuming the DH is not here in 2021, Ozuna is going to be in left almost every night. Uh, it gives Waters a full year in AAA 
And not that he is a perfect prospect by any means, but I think this is a, an important year for him because he has the numbers, but he has pretty severe strikeout rates. And I think if the Braves want to feel comfortable giving him a starting job, which he could certainly have at some point next season or in 2022, I guess, um, he's going to need to show. And, and then if you do have the DH and you shift Ozuna there, it kind of naturally pairs hand in hand. So that's a lot of speculation and who knows where everything will be this time in a year, but it does give Drew Waters another year to develop without ever probably ever feeling the need to call on him before he's ready. Yeah, that's that's well said. I think that's it's a small consideration, but Drew Waters is one of their best prospects, and they clearly didn't want to trade him necessarily, um, and this probably makes it less likely that, that they will. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, groom him for another year, and unlike last year, we assume minor league baseball will happen on some level, so he'll get, actually get to play. That'd be nice. Um by the way, I'm not sure if I said this out loud, but I'm going to read the Zips projection because Zips is the one that I trust the most probably uh, for Ozuna this year. It is a 287, 356, 534 slash line, which is about you know about an 890 OPS with a 127 WRC plus, which is, of course, very, very good, and 34 home runs. That'd be worth about three and a half Fangraphs war, even with negative defense. So mm. if Ozuna racks up three even three I'll, I'll go i'll go lower than that if ozuna is a three-win player he is underpaid at 12 million dollars so for this for this it, for this next season it is not hard for him to exceed that 12 million dollar value which like, is really even I mean, 16 it, it like back. even a 16 mm-hmm. million dollar value like people that sounds like a lot of money i understand this is going back to Do- going back to donaldson go back to ozuna last year 16 million dollars is basically are you like a two maybe two and a half win player if you are yeah. that's fine and there's r- plenty of room for upside, right? And again, you you know you don't want to look too too much at his his past numbers, but I think I think based on everything we know about him, the likelihood of a two war season is is pretty high, right? Yeah. Given everything we know, and very high. I, I'm yeah. with you. He's he's not going to be well. I don't expect him, or nobody should realistically expect him to be a 180 WRC plus guy again, no. but. Um, even if he's somewhere in the midpoint between that and his career average, which is like 115, uh, the Braves are going to be in good shape. Yeah, so the two previous seasons in St. Louis, when he was considered to be like a mild disappointment, I would say, uh, he had a, he had a WRC plus of 107 and then 109 in back-to-back seasons, which is not good. It's I mean, it's good, it's good, but it's not great, I should say. He was still worth 2.8 war in 2018, and 2.5 war in 2019, and that would be a disappointment, and it would still be enough. So, yeah, no one's going to be throwing a party if Ozuna has a 109 WRC plus. I will say that out loud, especially when you factor in the defense. But if you look at his peripherals, his walk rate, all that stuff, he's a different hitter than he was then. Now, it's yeah. a lot could change in an offseason. I get all that, um, but I think he profiles as a different player at this point. And the 30 is not 33. You know, in year four, if he starts falling off, no one, I won't be shocked. But at the age of 30, like you're still in your prime pretty much. So sure. I'm not worried too much about anything like that, especially early on in this contract. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thrilled. I think, I think if you're a race fan, you have to be thrilled by this. I think the price tag is good. He helps you. He was the best bat available by the end of this process. Um, he was already one of the best bats available coming into the process, but by the end he was kind of the last man standing as a mm-hmm. free agent. Um, We've said all that already, but it's just kind of worth wrapping this up to, just to say, like, the Braves are much better than they were three hours ago. That's just mm-hmm. what it is. And and it also fills the the glaring hole we've all talked about for months now about there was one thing the Braves absolutely had to do before the season started, 
and it was find someone who could hit for power and play either third base or left field. And they yeah. did that. So they did. And they, you know, again, Freddie Freeman is a very important key aspect. Well, guess what? He's going to have Ozuna presumably batting behind him too. So you did not want to be in a situation where you did not have a very legitimate threat behind Freddie. Cause you know, teams would just pitch around him all day and, Hey, maybe he'd be walking 20% of the time, but you want Freddie to swing the bat. And when you have a right-handed power bat like Ozuna behind him, that's only going to help Freddie. Um, and, and then presumably Acuna at the top of the order again as well. So I, I'm with you exactly. I'm, I'm glad they got this done. I was honestly, over the last couple of days, I really thought they might let him get away. Uh, you know, the, the reports of a four-year deal were a little worrisome just because I, I think most people expected him to make 18 20 million dollars per year over each of those seasons um so yeah to get him at an average of 16 million dollars over four years maybe a fifth year if he's still going strong in 2026 uh, is really fantastic and it's it's a big day for the braves and one that um you know you, you never have the crystal ball but i think everybody should be happy with this and it's a great value for a player who seems to be a great fit absolutely and uh last two things i'm gonna ask you two questions they are somewhat related but um, I'll go one at a time. The first one is, if I told you two hours ago the Braves signed Marcelo Zuna to a four-year contract, what would the number of total dollars that you would have guessed? Like, what, mm. what would that have been? Because I will, I will save mine until after I after, until after you answer. Four-year deal. That's all you know. Braves signed Ozuna for four years. What's the, what's the number? I would guess 72 million, which would be 18 mil a year, which is what he got last year. So I would have guessed it would have been a four year deal for 72 million. I think we're pretty much in the same spot. I, I was thinking somewhere in the 70s, um, as much as 80, maybe at the absolute mm -hmm. most for a four year deal. So now, as I, we sort of alluded to this earlier, but number one, he gets $8 million less than that, which is $2 million a year less. That's considerable for a team like the Braves. And then you throw in the club option, which again is a positive for the team, not a negative. That's a club option, not a player option, a, not a mutual option, even a club option. So it may not, it may not matter, but it can only be positive for the Braves. You know what I mean? Like they're only going to yeah. decide at the end of the contract. Look, if Marcel's still great, we have the option to pick him up. We'll keep him. Great, great stuff. If he's not, you let him go. That's a team decision. So that, that's it's a minor thing, but it's a nice value add for the Braves. So eight million dollars less and a club option, like that tells you about the value. You know what I mean? Like sure. Okay. Now, question number two. You don't have to give me exact numbers, but and we'll come back to this. By the way, we're, we're gonna have plenty of preview content coming. We'll do our normal previews, lineup, bullpen, rotation. The Braves still have some stuff to do. I think potentially with some money and bullpen stuff. Anyway, we're going to have much more co coverage coming in the next several weeks before opening day. Now, with that said, give me a rough projection in your head right now with no prep about what Ozuna gives the Braves this season. Hmm. Well, you know, it's, I think he's going to be, I mean, I guess if, if I had to give you an immediate number, I would say a 130 WRC plus is where I would land. 130 is obviously not what he did last year, right? And nobody can realistically expect him to go out there and be, I mean, truly one of like, if the Braves didn't have Freddie Freeman, I think Ozuna might've been, and they were as good as they were. I think Ozuna might've honestly been like top three in MVP voting. I last mean, year. okay. Just, just to back you up there. 
Marcelo's going to finish third in WRC Plus in the major yeah. leagues last year among qualified hitters. Mm-hmm. Behind Juan Soto and Freddie Freeman. So, I'm backing you up to say, please, 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 Braves fans, do not expect him to do that again. If he does it again, awesome. Do not start talking about how he's a bust if he's hitting, <laughs> if he's not doing that again in May. Like only 130. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, one to back you up here, a 130, 130 WRC plus, even in a shortened season last year with more variants, that would have been like a top, you know, 50, 40 probably hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, looking it, that's at fine. Yeah, <laughs> more I mean, than looking fine. at the, I think the zips numbers here are are pretty strong, and usually projection models err a little bit on the side of caution with yep. players. Because, but looking at zips here over 140 games, they project 34 home runs, 126 RBI, and I know RBI is of course a counting stat, but when you bat behind Freddie Freeman and Raul Acuna and maybe Ozzy Albies, you you're going to get a lot of RBIs. Um, but a 287, 356, 534 slash line with a 127 WRC plus uh, in a 3.6 war. That really sounds pretty good to me. I mean, if he was a little better than that, it wouldn't be a surprise. If he was a little worse than that, it wouldn't be a surprise. But again, I mean, he's just a a smart, well-rounded hitter. He does not strike out a ton for a guy with so much power. As you alluded to earlier, a 14% walk rate last year, which was really, really good. Uh, usually, players get better with their, you know, with their eye at the plate as they progress in the league. And he's, of course, been around for five, six, seven years now. Um, so, yeah, I think if I had to guess, as of February 5th of recording this, I think something around like 290, 360, 540 for a slash line sounds pretty reasonable. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same range. I mean, it's definitely a cop out, but I think that. The projection systems are not stupid. They're smarter than I am. They're not always right either. Like sometimes we'll disagree with them. But I think that at the end of the day, something in between last year and where he was with in St. Louis. And that's just him being a good hitter, like a very good hitter. Uh, you know, coming into the to this season, he projects as the third best hitter on the team. And that's that was the case last year. I mean, maybe maybe on the same level as Ozzy Albies, who had a kind of a disappointing season last year in some ways. But Acuna's still better than him. Obviously, Freeman's better than him. But, you know, Zips projection-wise, I was looking at this a second ago. You know, he's basically a guy who is projected to be a, one of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, you sort of alluded to, this, to the systems and how they sort of drag things down. I'm trying to find the number right now, because I had it in front of me a second ago, and now I've lost it, about, like, Projections from Zips. Okay, here it, here it is. Uh, only, yeah, he's tied for, what, f- uh, seventh? Yeah, eighth. He's tied for eighth in home runs projected, according to Zips. He is one of, I mean, there's only, there's less than 10 players in the league that are projected for a 900 OPS, and he's just shy of that. So he's like a top 20 guy in OPS. And this is a projection system that's not doing like any, I mean, there's, it's smart and it's looking at numbers and all that stuff. It's looking at batting, batting ball profile. He's projected sure. to be one of the top, you know, 20 hitters in the league. And that's, yep. if he does that, then you're over the moon. If he does, if he does a little bit less than that, you're still over the moon yep. for what you're paying him. Cause again, $12 million in free agency. Like we're, we're talking about year one only now, but man, $12 million is not a lot of money. Like in the grand scheme of things for, for year one, Jock Peterson got what seven million, and we came on this podcast. And we were like, "Man, that's not that's not very much money." 
Like, what, what a bargain for Jock Peterson. Yeah. You, know, you know who's better than Jock Peterson? <laughs> Marcel Ozuna. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I mean, and again, it just – and the fit is there, right? Like, if they went out and paid a player a heftier four-year contract, but you, you would have to move some things around. You you know, maybe he doesn't have a perfect position. Maybe you're blocking. You know, it's not like they just went out and signed a catcher to a five-year deal where then you're like, well, what are we doing with William Contreras and Shea Langoliers? Um, you know, it, he was a perfect fit, honestly. And maybe that fourth year hurts you a little bit, but guess what, man? The Braves are trying to win a World Series. If you have to give an extra year, whatever. And honestly, for $18 million, the likelihood, it's not going to turn into an Albert Pujols albatross by any means. Um, and there's a very real chance as we sit here and talk about what we see him doing next year, um, there's a chance that he, he's probably not going to be a top three hitter in the game. But there's, there is so much to like about the way he hits the ball, his profile. He's a very smart hitter by all accounts, a very diligent worker and, and gets his work in and, and is a very intelligent hitter at the plate. Um, there is a lot of upside here, and, and the contract is so reasonable that you're not going to get snake bitten here. Other than catastrophic injury and, God willing, nothing happens, um, I have a hard time feeling that in four years we don't look back on this and think, man, that was a really good deal for the Braves. Yeah, the, the longest, biggest contract handed out by Alex Anthopoulos goes to Marcelo Zuna, and we're totally fine with it. We're I would say we're happy yep. at this point in time. We have a rep <laughs> yeah. on this podcast for not being very positive. That was an extremely positive episode of this podcast, and I I meant, I, meant, I meant every word. So the Braves are in good shape. We will discuss the NL East much, much more. Like I said, preview content coming, but I wanted to, we definitely want to get this emergency podcast out to you guys on a Friday night. Scott, any final thoughts that you want to share other than just that Marcel Zuna is good at baseball? I am looking forward to uh, a bright, sunny April day with Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, and Marcelo Zuna batting one, two, three in the order. That sounds very nice to me, and, and hopefully uh, the season goes off without a hitch, and I, I, obviously this was something that everybody was hoping to have happen, and um, we'll see what comes next, and, and we'll, of course, uh, there, there's a little bit of time here before spring training starts. I think the Braves still have a couple of boxes to check, and we will certainly be here if and when those things happen. Yes, we will. Please subscribe to this podcast and this podcast network. We have Road to Atlanta on this same feed. Eric uh, would send his regards as well. Eric was tweeting his thoughts. He was not available this evening to jump on with us immediately. We're trying to get out as fast as possible, but Eric will have his own takes on this signing, which I think he also enjoyed. So that's a sort of a preview. But uh, please subscribe. Please tell your friends about the show. Uh, rate, review, all of that fun stuff for Scott. My name is Brad Rowland. We will talk to you later on. And uh, go celebrate because it's the weekend and Marcelo Zoom is back. So stay tuned. We'll see you guys next time.